even though in the Gatha we say the Dharma incomparably profound, minutely subtle, is rarely encountered. In the sutras, as I mentioned yesterday, the Avatamsaka Sutra articulates the Buddha's enlightenment as saying, there is no place where the wisdom, the prajna of the Tathagata does not reach. Why? Because there is not a single being that is not fully endowed with the wisdom of the Tathagata. It is only on account of deluded thinking, erroneous views and attachments that they don't understand it. This is the Avatamsaka Sutra, also known as a Yenjing. Similarly, in the Nirvana Sutra, the Buddha articulates all beings are wisdom and perfection of Tathagata. But because of delusion and attachment, they struggle. They don't see it. All beings. And this is a fundamental point of our practice, of our zazen, of zazening throughout our life. If we start from the fundamental point of deluded thinking, erroneous views and attachments, and think that we have to go someplace else, we create trouble. In So today I want to pick up Zazen Wasan, which is Song of Zazen by Hakuin Zenji. Hakuin Akaku Zenji, a Zen master of the 17th century, and maybe also a little of Dogen to further clarify this. So first I'll read the whole of this Zazen song, which isn't very long, and then we'll go through particular parts of it. All beings are fundamentally Buddhas. It is like ice and water. Apart from water, no ice can exist. Outside beings, where do we find Buddhas? Not knowing how near the truth is, we seek it far away. What a pity, 
We are like one who in the midst of water cries in thirst imploringly. We are like a rich person's son who wandered away among the poor. The reasons we transmigrate through the six worlds is we are lost in the darkness of ignorance, going astray further and further. When are we able to be free from birth, death? As for Zazen practice in the Mahayana, we have no words to praise it fully. The virtues of perfection, charity, morality, invocation of Buddha's name, confession, and ascetic discipline, and many other good deeds, all these, all these, have their source in Zazen. All these have their source in this. Even those who practiced it for just one sitting will see all harmful karma erased. Nowhere will they find deluded path. The pure land will be near at hand with a reverential heart if we listen to this truth even once praise it and gladly embrace it we will surely be infinitely blessed much more those who turn about and testify to the truth of self nature is no nature have really gone beyond foolish talk. The gate of oneness of cause-effect is open. The path of non-duality runs straight ahead. Regarding the form of no form as form, whether going or returning, we cannot be any place else. Regarding the thought of no thought as thought, whether singing or dancing, we are the voice of the Dharma. Boundless and free is the sky of Samadhi. Bright the full moon of wisdom. Truly, nothing is missing right now as the truth eternally reveals itself. This very place is a lotus land of purity. This very body is the body of Buddha. In a way, very simple. And yet so difficult for us. So difficult. In a way, you can hear how this echoes what the sutra says, what the sutra articulates as Buddha's awakening. All beings are, and that means all beings, every one of us, 
and everyone you encounter. Everyone you encounter. And all beings is not just human beings. If you want to narrow it, you could call it all sentient beings. But the more we see clearly, the more we realize we only encounter sentient beings in all different forms, in all the many forms. All beings are the wisdom, perfection of Tathagata. The manifestation, if I use these words, of the thusness that we are, the thus come, thus gone Buddha that we are. Except if we don't believe it. And then we attribute all sorts of things to others, or attribute all sorts of things to ourselves. Believing that, we go wandering. So, Dogen, not Dogen, excuse me, Hakuin, in the 16th century, 17th century, actually 17th century, not 16th century, 1600, 17th century, is articulating this. And in some ways, we could see that Hakuin is also echoing Dogen, who, interestingly enough, he praises in a number of places in his texts, even though he's highly critical of different styles of practice, he praises Dogen in many places. I don't know, well, no, I'll take it back. I know he at various times studied with Soto teachers in Japan in his time, and he was familiar with some of Dogen's Writings, certainly Dogen's writings on the um, precepts and on absolute and relative. I don't know what else of Dogen's he was familiar with since Dogen's works were somewhat secret up until the 17th century and only got published in pieces. In fact, they were forbidden from being published, besides the fact that they were kept as private temple texts and monastery texts in various places. But Dogen, in the 13th century, in Fukan Zazengi, has some similar phrases that I want to bring up. In Fukan Zazengi, Dogen begins, The way is originally perfect and all-pervading. How could it be contingent on practice, realization? The true vehicle is self-sufficient. What need is there for special effort? Indeed, the whole body is free from dust. All beings, says Hakuin, are fundamentally Buddhas, originally perfect and all-pervading. Outside beings, where do we find Buddhas? Indeed, says Dogen, the whole body is free from dust. Who can believe in a means to brush it clean? It is never apart from this very place 
What's the use of traveling around to practice? Not knowing how near the truth is, we seek it far away. What a pity. See, that, that's for all of us. Not knowing how near the truth is. Not knowing how the truth is the intimacy of this very life. We look. And yet, and yet, Dogen says, and yet, if there's a hair's breadth deviation, or if we are caught up in ignorance of delusion and attachment, as the Buddha said, then it is like the gap between heaven and earth. And what does he mean by deviation? If the least like or dislikes are attached to, arise, the mind is lost in confusion. The Buddha says, because of delusion and attachment, we miss this fundamental wisdom, perfection, that our very life is. Not something we think about or feel or have to do something special, but that we are from the beginning. And what is Dogen's recommendation? Put aside intellectual practice of investigating words and phrases, trying to figure things out. Take the backward step to turn the light and shine it inwards, which is exactly turn about and bear witness to self-nature. That self-nature is no nature, which is what Hakuin is talking about. Self-nature means exactly your very function. Turn the light and shine it inwards, not to look at something else, but to manifest and be the light you're shining. Body, mind of themselves drop away. Body, mind is not some magical thing that's disappearing, but our attachments, delusions, or as Hakuin is talking about it, not believing our stories of all sorts of daydreams, whether it's stories about what we lack, stories about what we don't have, what we have to go look elsewhere for. Our original face will manifest our original face. Our original face is beings, all beings are fundamentally Buddhas. Original face isn't somewhere else, but it's always our functioning right this moment. Our functioning right this moment This 
cause and effect oneness, this non-duality that is who we are, that is the form of no form manifesting in our going and coming, the thought of no thought manifesting in our thinking, speaking, singing, dancing, only the voice of the Dharma. Or, as Dogen says, the Zazen I speak of is not a meditation practice. It's not something particular to change or fix or do only certain states and conditions. It is the simple Dharma gate of joyful ease. The practice realization of totally culminated enlightenment. Or you could say the practice realization of the total Tathagata thusness that you are. If you grasp the point, he says, you are like a dragon gaining water or a tiger taking to the mountains. Because the true Dharma appears of itself. So, what does Dogen say at the end of his text? What does Hakuin say at the end of his text? Hakuin says how boundless the cleared sky of our Samadhi, or of our Zazening, or of our being who we are. Boundless clear sky, but don't make it into some magical place elsewhere. Nowhere else. How transparent the perfect moonlight. At this moment, what more need we seek? Dogen says, while each lineage and tradition expresses its own style, they are all simply devoted to zazen, sitting totally blocked in resolute stability. Although they say there are 10,000 distinctions and a thousand variations, they're just wholeheartedly engaging zazen, the way of zazen. Why leave behind the seat in your own home to wander in vain if you make one misstep? You stumble past what is directly in front of you. It's always this directly in front of us that our practice encourages, reminds us directly in front of us. So, as the truth eternally reveals itself right now, as the truth eternally reveals itself, this very place is the lotus land of purity. Nirvana is right here before your eyes, before our eyes, says Haku. 
This very place is the lotus land. This very body, your very body, is the body of Buddha. Or even easier to say, your very body is Buddha. Your very body mind is Buddha. Accord, says Dogen, with the awakening of Buddha, succeed to the samadhi of ancestors. Live in such a way and you are such a person. Of itself, the treasury opens and you enjoy it freely. That's the sporting, singing, dancing, your very function. So, I bring these up. I also want to make the connection between Buddha's articulation many centuries later, Dogen's articulation centuries later, Hakuin's articulation. So you can hear that always this is the fundamental point of our practice. This is the fundamental point of our practice life. It's not about trying to become or fix something else. It's not about something that you lack or that anyone that you encounter lacks. If we believe that, then, as Hakuin says, we are like a rich person's child that goes wandering somewhere. We're in the middle of water and we're complaining how thirsty we are. See, see how one vivid and yet how simple and crude that, that analogy is to show us what we can't miss. It's not dependent upon some kind of deep thinking to get grasp it. If you're in the middle of water and you're complaining how thirsty you are, someone should just splash the water in your face and maybe you'll get it. And maybe we won't. Because despite the fact that we hear it, we want to make it into something else. Or we want to treat the water in ways that we believe that this water is good and this water is bad, which is going astray in the darkness of ignorance. Or, as the Buddha says, attachment and delusion, or even more self-attachment and delusion. Then, yes, we do wander. And the darkness, if you use that word, or the entanglements become thicker and thicker because we wander more and more and insist more and more and it becomes truer for us. Then the arising and passing of situations just leads to harming and suffering in all sorts of ways. So, whether it's Dogen or Hakuin, they're all stressing Zazen. Zazen. So, we have to way be clear on what our Zazen is and what 
how is our Zen is not. See? If we're clear, then we can see that this very body, this very Zazen, is the body of the Buddha Zazen, is the Buddha Zazen. It's not a Zazen to accomplish something, or as Dogen said, it's not a meditation practice to get somewhere else. It's the totally culminated enlightenment that is our life. The totally totally culminated. That's a mouthful. But that's the way his words are translated into English. Other translations use other words. But I don't want to get too much into different translations. I want to use these words to help us to clarify our own zazen, our own life zazening, our own <coughs> life. Because that's the point. This Zazen Wasan, this song of Zazen that Hakuin uses is very simple, the most. And if you look at his, um, what should I say, almost peasant-like phrases that he uses that anyone could understand. Don't, don't need special language and special deep understanding. Just, you know, Someone is in the midst of water and cries about how thirsty they are. Someone wanders off and complains that they don't have anything. Very simple. So what does he say our zazen is? It's the form, being the form of no form, which is exactly form, then whether we're going or returning, or say it differently, everything that we do is nothing but being right here, this fundamental Buddha that we are. Being clear that our thought is nothing but the thought of no thought, then singing, dancing, talking, Listening, it's nothing but the voice. We are nothing but the voice of the Dharma. We are not the voice of the attachment delusions that we believe about whether our voice or someone else's. See, then everything is the cleared sky, the perfect moonlight of this wisdom. He uses the phrase fourfold wisdom, but I don't, that's, I don't want to go into all those because that just makes us think, oh, there's different kinds of wisdom and I have this one, not that one, and so, forth, so on and so forth. We are the voice of the Dharma. We are the wisdom of the t- thusness, of the Tathagatha, the Prajna wisdom. As you know, someone here's name is Prajna is wisdom. Ekyo's name, the first character, is this Prajna, wisdom. Right here is the lotus limb. Right here, right, your very body is the body of the Buddha. Do you believe that? Do you not believe it? 
It's not some magical body other than how your body, your voice is. And yet, and yet, as it says in the sutra, because of delusion and attachment, we miss the very thusness that we are. We miss the very perfection, wisdom that is manifesting as our life right here, right now. In fact, right here, right now is another way of saying Zazen. Zazen is right here, right now. But if we believe thoughts are not thoughts of no thought, if we believe forms are not forms of no form, instead we attach and delude about forms, thoughts. Thoughts is all the various aspects of, if you want to say, so-called mental functioning. Forms is all the various aspects of so-called physical functioning. If we believe those stories about them, then we miss what we are. If we hold and entangle in those stories, then we wander through the six worlds. Six worlds are realms when things are wonderful or when we're caught up in anger and hatred, whether we're burning in greed and anger or we're feeling great and powerful, narcissistically delusion, or all the various other ways that we beings, human and otherwise, can wander in darkness, wander in ignorance. So then we miss, we miss what we are from the beginning. And Dogen, Hakuin, Make it very clear. It's simply a matter of turning, so to speak, which is what Zazening is. Or, as the Buddha says in various places, or I quote from one of another sutra that you're familiar with, the Fire Sermon Sutra, where he talks about through being disenchanted, dispassionate, non-attached, then, right there, we're liberated. Liberated from what? From our own entangling in attachment, in delusion. Because we are always liberated except when we believe otherwise, when we insist otherwise. So, so what is it we're doing in Zazen? Very simple. Being right where we are. What is being right where we are? Maybe we can explore that now a little further and clarify it. Since you know what it is, 
It's, as Dogen says, turning the light and shining inward, allowing body-mind of themselves to drop away. And being this original face that we manifest moment, moment. It's the original face that's all-pervading and always perfect. It's not a matter of practice making us better. It's not even a matter of us realizing something special. How could it be contingent on practice and realization? It is self-sufficient, meaning you are self-sufficient. It's not a matter of some particular skill or special effort that you develop. Zazen is being who you are. It's being free from the attachments and delusions that you might hold to. Or, let us say, being free in the midst of the attachments and delusions you might hold to. So, I think we can talk about this a little more if we go into the specifics. So I'll stop and let you bring up what you wish on this and we can clarify Hakuin, Dogen, and the Buddha. Isn't that a wonderful thing that we could do? Which is, of course, clarifying just your life because all they're talking about is your very life. So I'll stop here. Yeah. In service. Um, yes. During session, we recite uh, the Kanzaya and one uh, translation uh, that works for me is that our true nature is eternal. Joyous, yes. selfless, pure. Yes. Which is what they said. How could dust? Excuse me. Yes. And our true nature is our true name, which is Kanzayam, which is the compassionate function. But it's not our true nature because we go somewhere else. Uh, morning thought moment body mind moment is this evening body mind moment is this kanzeya namu butsu yobutsu in yobutsu and bukpo so and what you just said eternal joyous Buposo and Joraku Gajo Chonen Kanzeon Bonen Kanzeon. Morning thought moment, evening thought moment, meaning all moments, moment, moment, thought, moment, thought, moment, if we say it that way. Nothing but this. Nen Nan Ki Jushin Fudishin. Each thought moment. Nothing but this is our thought moment life. It's nothing but this, which is 
what they were saying in different words. Just because we have to say something, people have come up with slightly different way to say it. It's not something different that they're talking about. If this very body is the body of the Buddha, is each thought moment is nothing but this. That's what they say. We don't even need those four eternal joys, etc. But to satisfy us humans, we sometimes have to say different forms, different ways of, uh, different facets of the same jewel, so that, okay, we, we see it this way, we see it that way. Some people like to sing, some people like to draw. Fine. Singing and dancing, says Hakuin. Different forms of the many forms that we as beings, we as we human beings, but all sorts of beings, manifest this kanzeon, this compassionate wisdom, in whether it's the ducks swimming on the lake or the trees leafing out and dropping, I don't know if they're acorns or seeds, whatever they're dropping. Hickory nuts. Oh, that's hickory nuts. Okay. Hickory nuts. Good. That's the manifesting of this. Nothing else but that. The only difficulties we have with that is we make choices and say, these are good, these are bad, these are better, these are higher level, these are lower level. That's what he talks about. Then we wander lost in the darkness of ignorance and attachment, lost in the darkness of those we like and those we don't like. And therefore we miss what's right here. We miss this very body. Then we have all these other things we have to do in order to believe we have to better ourselves by this and that and this and that. But all together, all of these are just zazen. And zazen isn't just about sitting cross-legged. And yet, that's a form of no form that enables us to be who we truly are. But if we limit it to just what goes on on the cushion, that kind of zazen is not much use because... It doesn't expand, extend. Then even when we're on the cushion, we're fiddling and faddling with darkness of ignorance, to use their phrase. Sometimes they use phrases which are fairly strong, but that's fine. That's to be true to the the way that they express it out of their culture, out of their specific ways. Or as Dogen says, chasing phrases. Instead he says, take the backward step. Turn the light and shine it inward. Not that there's a light that needs to go inward, but in other words, the light is always turn from going looking for something else, whether it's physical or mental, and be exactly who, from the beginning, you are. This fundamental that you always are. 
All beings are fundamentally, are in every way Buddha. Are in every way, let's get rid of the word Buddha for a moment, thusness. The thusness that is our life. That is the thus come, thus gone. It's like ice and water. It's like ice and water. Ice only forms, only manifests where there's water. Beings only manifest in the midst of thusness of Buddha. That's the manifesting of Buddha, is beings in the various myriad forms that we encounter. We say it in the Heart Sutra too, but you picked the Enmenjuku, so that's fine. It's a in some sense the Enmejuku is is a way of affirming to ourself and to everyone else who and what we are. It's an affirmation and it's a useful affirmation because it's a reminder if we know what we're saying. Because then when we out of habits or entanglement, believe something else, we can remind ourselves. Remind, in other words, bring ourselves back, return to the mind that we always are. And by mind, of course, I mean body-mind. I mean whole universe, world, body-mind. Okay. I have to turn to you because I'm blind on this side when... Someone on this side asks, I won't see you if I'm sitting straight up. <laughs> Are you okay with Hakuin and Dogen? Oh, yeah, you're okay with You sure? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, I've read you know, various books about meditation and everything. Uh-huh. And some of these people talk about awareness, big mind, you know, words like that. Of course, they not get get these ideas about that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So it seems that when they when Hakuin and Dogen uses words that I have a difficult time trying to concretize, mm-hmm. that uh, that just makes it a little bit com- not confusing, just maybe difficult mm-hmm. to uh, you know almost impossible to. Not fight, but to, to resist my tendency to uh, idealize, you know, whatever, idealize, mm-hmm. idealize, I guess. But stuff. Notice how Hakuin both starts this in very simple. He says, beings are fundamentally Buddhas. All beings, if I want to say, or sentient beings, if you want to say, whatever way you want to translate it into English. Starts off with, that's so simple and straightforward. Fundamentally, that means you can't be otherwise. Can't be otherwise. Though you might insist you're otherwise. See, that's, you're insisting, I'm thirsty, there's no water here, and there's nothing but water. And yet we insist. Not knowing how near the truth is, you look for it somewhere else, and that's a pity. Or, other people translate that in stronger language. Um, 
crying in thirst in the midst of water. Crying in thirst. Think how imploring and how sad it is when you hear someone crying in thirst. You think, oh, I've got to do something to help them. And then you say, but look. Right there. It's right there. That's why, I mean, and when he ends, this very place, this very place, this very body is the body of Buddha. This. It's not talking about his as opposed to yours. This. And this is, this song of Zazen is something that people would sing, chant, recite. So when they're saying, this very body, this very saying body is the speech of the Buddha. So we say it and then we quickly forget it. Or quickly deny it by saying, oh, I'm angry at what she said about me and he got that better thing that I didn't get and how come no one pays attention to me and they pay attention to her or whatever other stories we want to build. So, I mean, Hakuin, some of Hakuin's writings are very, what should I say, are difficult. This one that I picked up is very simple and straightforward. It's made for someone who doesn't need anything special. And he says it's all very simple. It's just being Zazen. Even those who have practiced it just one sitting, all their harmful Tendencies, karma is erased. Nowhere will they find deluded paths. The pure land is near at, ha- at hand. And if you gladly embrace it, then you're blessed most infinitely. Unfortunately, sometimes we could sit zazen and as soon as we jump up, we're back into old habits. Right. Or... sitting <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, you said it, I didn't. So, but see, just because those arise doesn't mean that they're true. See, their arising is just this cause and effect. The arising of habits, mental, emotional, all kinds of entanglements and delusions are just cause and effect. If we either don't buy into them or don't attach to them, then then we see them for what they are. And they don't result in the difficulties. Or we keep countering them, if I say it in that way, countering their attempted narrowness and entanglement by water, water, countering the cries for thirst. Every time there's a cry for thirst, offering the water of the present moment. So, that's ours. That's ours as any. Continuous.
one's practice moment after moment. Mm. No. Practice one moment. Just one moment. One moment, one moment. There is no moment after moment. I mean, there is, you can say that, and yet, it's just one moment. As soon as we go into stories of moment after moment and get stuck with them, then we build on that all sorts of other things. What's going to be? What did I do? What did That's the wandering off. See? That's the point. See, if we, what he says is testify to the truth. Testify. That's what Dogen uses the same sort of phrase. Turn and shine uh, the light inward. That's testifying to the truth. That's being this Dharma gate that is who we are. See, that's Dogen or Hakuin. Turn the light. Testify to the truth. There's other ways of saying that. Let's see another. Bear witness to self-nature. Bear witness isn't just to explain it, but bear witness with our manifesting it as our life. means manifesting our form as no form. What, what is it that makes forms? It's the attachment. It's the holding and believing it. If you see the no form of it, no form isn't something fancy elsewhere, it's simply the arising, passing of the present moment. Or, if I use it another way, it's simply experiencing. Because experiencing arise, gone. Arise, gone. Arise, gone. That's experiencing that zazen means. That is who we are. It's not something that we have to create. That's what we always are. Except if we hold on to it and insist. And if we fail to see that our holding on is nothing but a rising passing. See, that's the aspect that he, Hakuin, Dogen, the Buddha are always trying to get us to sense that from the beginning even the so-called delusion and attachment are nothing but the arising passing of form of no form. The self-nature no nature. I keep getting stuck with all these things that come up. I mean, I, I so, okay. Them, and I get stuck Good. with all of them. Then, then be Zazen. Be the experience, experiencing stuckness. Be the experiencing no thought, no stuck, stuckness as opposed to insisting that the stuckness is the truth. See, insisting that I, there is no water when I'm nothing but water. Insisting that I lack Buddha, I lack wisdom. Then we do. If we insist, you're right. 
then we miss it. Or as Dogen uses, says it even more strongly, if there's a hair's breadth deviation, it's like the gap between heaven and earth. Likes and dislikes arising, and the mind is lost in confusion. It's not just the arising, but the likes and dislikes held to. That's what we say in the practice principles. Caught in self-centered dream. Holding to self-centered thought. It's not the arising of the thought, but it's the holding on to it. And we know for ourselves, if we're present, if we're zazen, if we're there, that we can sense the holding viscerally, whether with feelings and thoughts and body and all the other ways that we are Buddha beings. There are many ways, and each of us have our own ways of sensing what's going on. But it's out of being here. Then, right here, can be revealed as the Buddha body that we are. See, but it has to be right here. If it's not right here, then what we're revealing is something we dreamed up or think about or believe or hold on to. And then we get in trouble. And we all make trouble because of you know, wandering in the six realms, as they use the phrase. Remember, that's, there aren't, you don't have to go looking for six realms anywhere else. They're just right here. Anger... You know, hungry ghost realm, you can discover it when greed runs you. You know, when anger runs you, you could discover the hell realm. We all know that. Because we can sense how strong those are when we believe them. And yet, we also can reveal ourselves nowhere but right here, pure land, or to use a phrase they use, the lotus land of purity. That's a fancy phrase. Mouthful. And most of us don't quite relate to that except in some magical sense. So we can phrase it differently. But the point is it's right here. Right this body. about knowing that you don't have to go looking for something. Uh-huh, yes. But the... It, when you say um, we're all fundamentally Buddha, Buddha nature, you know, I never... You know, what, what is that? Good. What is that? So, one of it says wisdom and perfection or wisdom and virtue. So wisdom is what? Wisdom is, in one sense, you say it when you do the heart sutra, form. Remember, once we start talking about it, it's what we're talking about, and we have to be careful not to be trapped by the phrases, but if one way we could talk about it is form is empty and empty is form. Form is exactly emptiness. Emptiness exactly form. And that's what, in a sense, Hakuin says, 
when he says, um, regard the form of no form as form. So, which means not bound by greed, anger, not bound by fear, because we see our life and the life of everyone and everything we encounter as it is. So, that's wisdom. That's being the thusness that life is. Not because we think about it, but because that's how we are. So, other words, I mean, you know, when you do, you, uh, in the Heart Sutra, Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi, complete perfect awakening. Again, those are words, but those words are about enabling us to be what we are. So Hakuin tries to talk, to talk about it. Whether going or returning, you can't be any place else as the form of no form. As the form of no form as form, as the thought of no thought as thought, and therefore not bound by entanglements, attachments, so therefore, however speaking, singing, dancing, or other ways of manifesting, this functioning, not not D-I-S, but T-H-I-S, I know my accent sometimes makes it indistinguishable, but this functioning of our life as the voice, as the expression of the truth of what life is. That's Dharma means the expression of the unceasing change that is our life that enables us to be free in the midst of the circumstances of our life free in the midst of the conditions. Because we're not bound by our, if I explain it, beliefs and attachments to the conditions. Or we could see the beliefs and attachments as what they are. So, that's, again, it's easy to explain it's our practice and living it moment, moment. So, you strike the bell and the bell gong right there is the expression of the perfect wisdom. That's it. Yes? Ow! Oh, you hurt me so bad. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh! Okay. That's what happens. She missed, then it's okay. <laughs> then I'm all okay. She asked, "What if I shoot? A, what if she shoots a gun?" Yeah. 
You have to speak up a little louder. In practicing, experiencing. Yeah. I'm going to overanalyze it a little bit. So there'll be experience upon experience and maybe a reaction and a thought to an experience. And I mean, just as I'm going through and trying to practice in my daily practice. So there's some kind of experience like I'm hitting the floor. That's a, you know, then there's an experience of thinking about it, of what? maybe not liking well, it. Wait, you, make, you see, you're, you're making it into this big, there's experiencing, experiencing, experiencing. And experiencing is all the myriad forms of life, of this moment. It's not a particular thing out here and a me back here who's going to talk about this and then talk about the cover that I put on top of it because then it's my thoughts about it. See, it's just this moment experiencing, manifesting our life. Our life is nothing but experiencing, manifesting. If I use, there's already two words, even the word experiencing. See, our tendency both because of language and because we're human, not all humans, but is to try to get subject, object, a verb in between them, and then a story behind the subject, and a story behind the object, and a cause, and a motivation. And the more we build in these entanglements, the more we miss what's going on. The more we miss speaking, hearing at this moment, right here, right now, us. But you say those we can't we can't stop having um, thoughts and emotions arise. It's wait wait stop stop that. Notice what you said. We can't stop those arising. See, we are the thoughts emotions arising. There isn't uh, me having thoughts emotions arising. I it could talk about it that way. But when I do, and if I believe that talking, then I, that's exactly what they're talking about, getting entangled. Because then, the thoughts I like, the thoughts I don't like, that's the entanglement in the six realms, or wandering in the six realms that they're referring to. Because by doing that, we break up our life. There's no, no problem using words. But if the words use us, then we miss our living moment in the words. We use our spectacles to limit and color the experiencing through the lenses that we are seeing them, rather than saying, oh yeah, I need these spectacles because I these glasses, excuse me, spectacles is an old word. I need these to read because, you know, my eyes are getting weaker and small print requires more strain. But if I get trapped by what these glasses can or can't see, what these ways of thinking about what comes up, then the thought is not the thought of no thought, but instead it's the thought that has a particular d- 
direction and form that it's going to turn reality into for us. So the thought's going to be, it's what I like or it's what I don't like. It's what I want or what shouldn't happen to me. Can we take a real concrete... Sure. Note? Because in off the cushion, this daily, in trying and trying to realize... Uh-huh. You know, just take, I'm walking down the street and I actually focus on, uh, you know... Not I. I. My foot is hitting the pavement. Okay, <laughs> and I'm and actually I'm aware of that. And I hit a stone. It hurts. Yeah. So pain, there's hurts. Pain, Ow. Pain arises. So then comes this. Someone left the stone in the. Okay. So what do I do with that? Good. Good. So there's a thought. Ah, someone left the stone. Good. So notice that, and then notice the wanting to say it's all their fault. They always do it. That's getting caught in the thought, ha- the thought reactions, beliefs about it, justifying anger, or that's being able to, when that as that arises, to both experience it and let it go and not follow it along. Now, we need to make skillful effort. Because when the habit of following it along comes, we need to see what enables us not to be entangled in that habit. So it might be we need to do something else. Just like when walking, if I'm walking, I'm trying, then we need to notice that thought, I'm walking, which is getting in the way of walking. My foot's on the ground is even that. I mean, fine, at a certain point that's useful, but also at a certain point you need to let go of that, otherwise it keeps you from walking. Besides the fact that it'll make you bump into stones and everything else, because you're not there, you're in your thinking about how wonderful my steps are and my breath is. So, at various points, we need to do simple things, we need to do skillful things according to the habits and entanglements that are in our life. Or, let's say it even more, the habits and entanglements that arise right now. And as this, let me say this, um, uh, these many different ways of practice that we become familiar with the very process of our life wisdom is that we can begin using them, if I say that, or manifesting them according to the circumstances, not because we plan it out, but because of our familiarity with them, just like I can drink this. See, as a child, you have to learn how to drink. But once my mouth, tongue, body learns how to drink, I don't have to think about what do I do with my tongue, what do I do with my lips, what do I, ha- what do I have to do to swallow. And yet, if someone has a stroke, one of the things often they have to learn is how to do simple things again, because the neural byways and ways of functioning are gone. So when they learn, they have to learn each or a number of different actions. That's Again, once they've learned those, 
hopefully, they, those habits can then just be incorporated in their experiencing, responding of being human. So in the same sense, we work with what and where specifically we bump into stones. When we bump into a stone, in a way that's a reminder to be present, noticing, not because the stone is, is, a, is, a, is a problem, but because otherwise, or not otherwise, along with the stone comes this, ah, it's all their fault, they never clean up in front of their house, and, and we don't notice that because it seems natural. So therefore, if, we're, if our stone injury is a signal to notice our reaction at some point. We could see what we're doing and we could do what's skillful then. Not what we'll always need, but what we need then due to the entanglement of right then. If we could simply be the form of no form, as this form, then okay, fine. Nicked stone, okay, ow, done. But if it's ow, it's all their fault. You know what they do? Ah, gotta get them. Or, oh, this always happens to me. Oh. It's just like what that happened yesterday, and onward and onward. At some point, we need to see what's skillful. And not because you have a list that you pull out and look what's skillful, but because in the process of ongoing practice, we develop this penelope, is that the word? I might be pronouncing it wrong. What? Panoply. See, that, that's the problem of being uh, uh, speaking English as a second language. <laughs> um, um, Panoply. No. Panoply. A, a myriad <laughs> forms of, of practice that we can pick out of our armory and say, this is the one I need right here. There are lots of stones. Sure. Think of it no matter what it is. It's just a a bump. Yeah, bumps in the road. They just occur. occur. And they're not a problem, except, except if we believe they're a problem. They're not a problem except when we notice that we're entangling in them and feeling harm or suffering. That's a signal. If we're feeling harm or suffering or feeling like harming or actually engaging in it, then we that's a signal that practice effort is needed. If just that signal drops us into the present moment, so to speak, then then nothing more is needed. But maybe something more is needed because not instead of that, it drops us into talking about how terrible people are and what they always do or how I'm going to get them or poor me or da, 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 da. And we could do this in all sorts of realms. It could be we turn on the news and right away it triggers all sorts of anger, rage, fear, who knows what. So then news is the poison, is the stone that that is going to require something. 
maybe some streets you say, I, I can't walk down the street right now because it's full of stones for me. Those stones I can't handle right now. So let me walk on a, a smoother road and then at some point I'll be able to handle those rougher stones. Right, is it? Didn't Joko use that image in, in, in turning stones into jewels? Yeah. yeah see, see that that just pops up of itself. I, I <laughs> because see that's the cause and effect of what we are is that memories appear as this life that we are. We don't have to make sure we're carrying them along in a bag. We don't have to keep a list of them and keep consulting them. So, yes? So what I'm hearing you say is that experiencing, experiencing, experiencing that then if it turns into thinking, that's an add-on. Thinking is an add-on to that experience. Thinking is a functioning of experiencing as well. Experiencing is all the, the many aspects of being human. If we get caught up in the thinking, then we're in trouble. If we get caught up in the emoting, then we're in trouble. If we get caught up in any of the aspects, if we get entangled and build on them, for many of us, a shorthand way to talk about that getting caught up is thinking. But that getting caught up could just as well be a simple physical reaction of liking, liking certain things and only wanting those things that we like and getting angry when we don't get what we like. And, you know, you could say there's not thinking there or you could explain it in those ways. Remember... When, when in the Heart Sutra or in traditional forms of Buddhism they talk about the five skandhas, it's not that they're five different things. They're all aspects of this function, the functioning of being human. It's a way of talking about human life or of other life. But let's just stick with human life. That's enough for us to talk about. So five skandhas, form, sensation, conception, discrimination, awareness... And they're useful ways of practicing in our life. But we don't need all of them. We don't need to... We could pick any one. That's why in the Heart Sutra, even though it, it just picks form is emptiness. And, and then it says, likewise, all the other aspects. But it's just a way of talking about, communicating about this humanness. This life that we are. Even saying humanness is, is a way of talking about this that we are. Yeah, Kitty. So, to back up a little bit to the not being ready to go down the street that's littered with stones. Yes. So, that's like a fear. Yes. So, what about working with, in your just practical day-to-day existence, working with a fear. People are afraid of this and they're afraid of that. Afraid of horses. Good. You know, whatever. Sometimes there's no problem. I don't have to go down that street and I don't have, I don't have to try to work with that fear now. However, if I always have to go down that street, then maybe it's useful to, to 
just stand in front of that street and experience the fear and see what skillful way of noticing the fear or, or labeling the fear and bodily being that to the extent that we could tolerate it. Sometimes we can only tolerate it a little bit and then we run away screaming or we get angry at, at the, the, the street for being so littered or we want to blow up the street so that I never have to face it again. Or so it, it all depends on our life and our skillful practice, our skillfully seeing and clarifying practice. Does that... I, I noticed this is... I've been talking too long, so um, thank you. And we could continue this individually or we could continue this. There'll be a chance to continue tomorrow at the ending. You could bring up more, but I... I I've been I've been at this a lot. <laughs> Thank you.